Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 161 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. This episode will discuss the just concluded men's T20 World Cup 2022. The tournament concluded on Sunday with England lifting the trophy after beating Pakistan in what was a very exciting final. In this episode, we shall look back at what a fascinating display of cricket this tournament has presented us with. On the podcast today to join us for the discussion we have Prajakta. She is an ardent cricket admirer who grew up watching a lot of cricket. She loves reading up articles for breakfast, leans towards match conversations in lunch and wraps up her day by analyzing the game during dinner. She is a sports management professional, an online reporter and a content writer by profession. After 5 years of content writing and 2 years of reporting, she arrived at some notable destinations. She turned her hobby into her profession and her profession into her hobby. Ever since she was a teen, sports for her was like a metaphor for life. Hi Prajakta, welcome to Never on the Backfoot podcast. Really looking forward to the discussion ahead. Hi Neha, thank you so much for inviting me here. I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> right so first things first how would you rate this t20 world cup i mean we saw everything right like thrillers upsets amazing wins and everything right so first thoughts uh, actually my first thought is considering what we saw in the previous world cup in uae i think this world cup was a great one to witness you know it gave us a lot of results i mean upsets of all kinds and uh, there were different conditions across different grounds so in uae back in uae you just win the toss and you are winning the match it used to be like that hmm. but in australia the conditions are pretty different like you know melbourne has longer boundaries or the other ground has shorter ones so it has different variables which makes the match even more exciting so we saw many you know like last over thrillers we saw upsets like everything so i think uh, this world cup was a great one to witness Absolutely and in your case you even covered the world cup right so how was the whole experience you know like being in australia doing it first hand thoughts it was great australia in fact has always been my dream country and to go and cover a world cup was nothing less than a dream come true or uh, if i say about it it's been quite a different experience what i've witnessed uh, all across in india because i've covered a lot of matches here but i'll just share one instance uh, for the matter that i remember the india pakistan game on 23rd and just uh, match day minus 1 where all the teams practice you know they have this practice session hmm. the journalist had an uh, press conference with the indian captain rohit sharma and by the time we came down the outside nets where the players usually practice were literally thronged by fans and it was a working day you know oh. and it was thronged by fans and there's a railway station that connects to the it's a metro station that connects to the ground that's jollymont and even one side of that was, was covered you know completely by fans and people outside were just wondering what's going on mm-hmm. and there are no prizes for guessing there was uh, virat kohli in the nets alongside kl rahul and it was a great experience because you know things like these you don't get to see in india i mm. mean the stadium is completely closed when it comes to watching practice sessions is match day minus one that to in a world cup and uh, the sports culture in australia is very refreshing to see and mm-hmm. uh, there's also fan zones that were created by icc and uh, 
I honestly have to give it to the Indian fans for making this World Cup even more special because they filled in the maximum matches to full capacity, and I don't think any match had that kind of fans who've come to the stadium all the way from different places of the world to support their team. Hmm. Right, it, it indeed was a very great experience. <laughs> right, I mean this World Cup has been nothing short of remarkable, and you know you sharing your experiences really just. Uh adds to everything that the World Cup stood for. And, you know, talking about, uh, like, you know, let's also talk about the West Indies, right? Now, another World Cup, we didn't see them make it through, uh, you know, to the Super 12 stage. So if you just had to, like, evaluate what's going wrong, like, what's coming to your mind right now? It was quite a surprise, you know. I mean, a two-time T20 champion team not making it to the Super 12s has to be the shocker. As to what is going wrong, I think uh, it's their failure to adapt to conditions. Hmm. There's also some disciplinary issues probably their boards are facing from the players. And the major problem also lies in the grassroots development because I very well remember their former players also. While, you know, they were just going or even Pollard, if I very well remember, he said that, you know, there is a problem at the grassroots level. And they have to unearth the new talents. It's something that even I would connect to because it is time they, you know, they build in some kind of a thing where they can unearth the new talents. And they also lack consistency because as far as I know, they have lost six matches out of eight. Mm -hmm. They have played in T20 World Cup since the last uh, 2016 final that they played. Yeah. Which I think speaks for itself. Exactly. I mean, they certainly have a lot of uh, areas to work on. And even, you know, moving on from the qualifiers, like before the World Cup started, who did you reckon, you know, would actually make it to the semi-finals? Like, who was like right there at the top of your list? I honestly thought Australia would make it to the finals because they were playing the World Cup at home and they were the defending champions. However, that didn't turn out to be true. But the other three teams that I thought of uh, were India, England and New Zealand. Out of which New Zealand obviously didn't make it because uh, they lost to Pakistan in the semi-final one. And Pakistan was just, uh, you know, they just made a comeback out of nowhere and then they played the semis. Exactly. Even I was quite surprised that, you know, Australia didn't uh, make it through to the semi-finals considering this was a home World Cup. They won the 2021 edition and like a lot of things were going well for them, but... I think that's the T20 game, right? It's so volatile. You just can't predict uh, what's going to happen. True. Yeah, and uh, even the way the uh, teams were divided, right? We had Group A and Group B. So what are some of your favorite matches and any like noteworthy performances from Group A that, you know, actually uh, stands out for you? The India-Pakistan match surely has to make the list for me. I think <laughs> it stands completely atop. I mean, the second match of the tournament on a Sunday... The atmosphere was absolutely surreal, honestly, mm. even because there was rain predicted, I think 90%, 70%. But I think all the fans who prayed, you know, day in and day out, especially India versus Pakistan fans, for that match to happen just turned out to be true. And the MCG was completely packed. I mean, starting from the national anthem that followed by the incredible batting display from Virat Kohli. Yeah. And then the entire stadium singing Chakde India, you know, after... Ashwin hit the winning runs. It was just uh, a feeling that could give you goosebumps all through. And mm -hmm. it doesn't get better than this, honestly. I would consider myself extremely fortunate to have witnessed that. And apart from that, one game that kept me on the edge has to be Zimbabwe versus Pakistan. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was an absolute nail-biter. 
right and uh, you know likewise we had group b and again some phenomenal matches that we got to see again any favorite matches and performances that really stand out for you and are etched in your memory of course there are uh, there are matches that stand out but the one clash i was looking forward to was england versus australia and i finally saw a lot of australians turn up for that match at the mcg but unfortunately that match never took place due to the rain Mm-hmm. but uh, there was another match at the mcg itself that was ireland versus england a rain curtain game and uh, i think i witnessed that match live from the stadium and just to see ireland win and you know take those wickets and especially watch them celebrate towards the end was just a wholesome experience mm-hmm. because nobody in their thoughts in their wild thoughts you know just thought that england could lose to them but that <laughs> happened on that exactly. day yeah. and a few ireland fans were just uh, you know dancing around they were singing and they had interaction with their own players which i think might be the best feeling in the world yeah that ha- must be like a very remarkable feeling and you know talking about exceptional performances from like your lower ranked teams like right like ireland zimbabwe and netherlands do you think it's time to you know drop the term minos for them and just treat them in a better way give them more tools just uh, you know include them too in mainstream cricket thoughts Surely, I mean, Minos, weak teams. I think all the names synonymous to it needs to be dropped. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine Netherlands winning a game when most of the people in India and Pakistan would be sleeping, and they wake up to that scorecard and the result <laughs> of what they've done in the yeah. particular match. I mean, it's just unimaginable, and it ta- it turned the tables for Australia uh, for Pakistan. I mean, you know, they, they mm-hmm. just came into the World Cup semis. something that they even they wouldn't have thought about and uh, not only that but also their match against england i mean ireland for that matter they turned up and you know then uh, also winning against west indies in the qualifiers i think it's a remarkable achievement and these teams need to get some matches for them to display the kind of cricket that they play Absolutely, and you know, there's also this understanding that like lower rank teams deserve more opportunities. I've seen like a lot of discourse in social media, and I think they actually deserve. You know, this can be through a lot of uh, tours and uh, them getting IPL deals, etc. But how do you think the ICC can actually help the associate nations? See, when it comes to IPL, BBL, or you know any other league that that have come up, I think the scouts can do the job for. these players because hmm. they do play i mean if not international cricket somewhere in the domestic level they would be playing where these scouts would have i had their eye on mm-hmm. when it comes to the icc i think they can give them more series uh, for them to enhance their skills even more like top teams have a packed schedule i mean you know we've seen a virat kohli or rohit sharma or a glen maxwell for that case yeah. talk about how their year is thoroughly packed and you know along with the traveling and everything but i haven't seen these guys play that sort of cricket i mean these many games is something they haven't got hmm. so if i think icc can manage like that i believe there is nothing like it exactly and uh, you know talking about other teams we have new zealand bangladesh and south africa do you think perhaps it is time for them to introspect a little just you know figure out uh, some of the areas they can work on and better for the upcoming world cups Oh, uh, you mentioned New Zealand first. So, I mean, even if you see their bilateral record, especially in Australia, it mm-hmm. is poor. Yeah. You know, New Zealand last beat Australia on their soil in two thousand and eleven. 
Hmm. I mean, I still think they played extremely well in that group stage, especially the first match where they, you know, won against the home team, Australia itself. And but I think they, uh, you know, they usually come to pressure when it comes to knockouts. I mean, we've also hmm. seen that in 2019, I think the last World Cup as well, and this year as well. So I think it's the pressure that is taking them down. Apart from that, in the group stage, the performance was quite good. Something hmm. I thought. And then uh, when it comes to South Africa, I mean, it was a crazy last day, right? I mean, of the group <laughs> matches, I think it yeah. was an absolutely bizarre, crazy day. Three matches, starting with Netherlands knocking out South Africa, a mm. team everyone thought that might make it to the semis, considering the position on the table. Yeah. And nothing went right for them that day. You know, the mm. the Proteus World Cup was just over in an instant when. Their seemingly potent batting order just broke down. And mm. I mean, in the Super 12, it was quite a surprise day. And the last one has to be the biggest of all. Right. And, uh, you know, even talking about teams like Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and even Australia for that matter, do you think they need to, you know, spice up their T20 formula? Just rethink some areas they can work on? Right. I mean, see, we've seen England work on their, uh, you know, their batting or maybe their bowling. Now, if you see, every, I mean, they have seven bowlers and 11 batters in their team. Hmm. Obviously, they are doing something right, which other teams aren't. I still believe that uh, Bangladesh, uh, at one time, were, I mean, we saw them in two matches, they were they were playing great. I mean, even against India, they started extremely well, credits to their openers. But uh, they have, they have also come to pressure and... Especially, their, you know, Shakib hasn't really fired mm-hmm. a lot in this World Cup, something that his team would be expecting out of him. So, things like that haven't worked out, you know, the vital cogs haven't fired and I think that's what has prospered that team. Right. And, you know, talking about surprising results, we've seen how uh, Pakistan had a very scratchy World Cup, right? They lost their first two matches and they had a remarkable comeback. And then thanks to Netherlands, they actually made it to the uh, semi-finals. So were you surprised and do you think like they actually deserve to make it through to the semi-finals? So, you know, after their match against Zimbabwe, uh, there, in the stadium, there were a lot of journalists shooting their weekly updates, you know, and I was just mm-hmm. passing through. And I heard a lot of them and even I saw, you you know, videos on YouTube. People oh. saying that it's over for Pakistan, you know, that it's done. Their campaign at the World Cup is over. And hmm. then, the especially after the Zimbabwe match, what happened that night. And I think all of us assume so. I think I did for sure. Mm-hmm. I think you did too. But on a bright yeah. morning in Adelaide, I mean, probably <laughs> while the entire Pakistan fans would be sleeping, they just come to know out of anywhere that they are into the semi-finals. Hmm. And all thanks to Netherlands because, you know, it was a classic display. I mean, I think it, it was a beautiful game of cricket. And to watch these guys play, as you call them, you know, minnows or weak teams, whatever. But mm-hmm. for them to stand up on a given day and beat the teams that was, beat a team that was supposed to go to the semis. I mean, I think it's a wonderful thing. And... Hence, you know, ICC should give these teams opportunities and I think they'll just go on to reach higher and higher heights. Exactly. It's just about giving them, you know, those opportunities. And I think, you know, seeing them in mainstream cricket is the aim for a lot of fans. So hopefully, we, you know, we get to see a lot of that. And um, right. 
Yeah, and, and when we talk about India right now, we did have a stellar campaign. The group stage matches were good, except that one blip against uh, South Africa, and the semi-finals was obviously uh, disappointing. Right, losing to England, it it in what can be considered an embarrassing fashion. But how would you look at you yeah. know India's campaign? Do you have any major takeaways? And there are obviously positives that we can always reflect on, right? Right. So when it comes to positives, I think Virat Kohli. the man who ended up the tournament's highest run scorer of the scoring 296 runs at a stunning average of um, i think 98.66 and scoring 450s in a tournament where people just wrote him off two months before the you know i would say rather before the asia cup he was you know written off saying that he doesn't stand a chance he doesn't deserve a spot and other players should yeah. come in place of him and uh, i mean to come in a tournament like that as you just this and to deliver i think that has to be the greatest uh, positive for team india uh, apart from that uh, i think surya kumar yadav uh, i think he finished uh, third uh, as the mm-hmm. highest uh, run scorer after 239 runs and three half centuries i think he was stunning i mean his batting against zimbabwe those sixes uh it was beautiful to watch it especially from the stadium of uh, the shots that he plays a uh, complete 360 player mm-hmm. i think he stands out too for india and uh, when it comes to bowling i think the rise of ashdeep singh uh in the absence of bumrah to deliver when it comes you know when it absolutely matters the most mm-hmm. i think he has a very sparkling career ahead of him absolutely these are some positives that we can uh, you know take in our stride and move forward but if you also had to look at some recommendations or you know some suggestions that team india can probably incorporate uh, going ahead that uh, you know will help us in the next t20 world cup what's coming to your mind you know india does play a lot of cricket and it is not me who's saying this it is the players time and again who come mm-hmm. out in the press conferences in the interviews that you know we are playing all through the year and plus the ipl there is pressure you know all the time they are playing there is some sort of thing that they are giving obviously their mind and body is into it and i would like to share a quote that you know josh butler mentioned actually mm-hmm. just before uh, the final he said that other teams can explore uh, having different coaches across formats and uh, i surely think that you know i mean as far as i know that you know players there are so many players of ours who play all the three formats for yeah. example you know kl or rohit virat are top three only basically mm-hmm. for that matter but i also think that you know a coach uh, or maybe if not a coach entirely we can have a short term agreement um, where we can hand it out mm-hmm. to the coaches to get you through the tournament i mean we've seen uh, you know many teams get on specialists Yeah. just you know for batting or for bowling i think india can consider that as an option because i think that is the need of the hour and considering how everything is so fast in t20 you need to run with that pace else we are always going to be behind so that's one thing um, that i think has to go as a recommendation and the other mm-hmm. thing is uh, i think there has to be a specialist uh, selection committee on board mm-hmm. although if that has to happen bcci will have to make a lot of amendments in their constitution which i <laughs> yeah. think is possible hmm. uh, but i think they have to do it with the you know with the pace t20 is running uh, hmm. the sooner they get the changes the better it is for the team and uh, the last one is i surely do not uh, think rohit rahul and virat can be playing a t20 international hmm. like in the top 3 again so that has to i mean something has to happen there 
Absolutely. These are some really, uh, you know, good recommendations. But, you know, talking of a specialist coach, do you think having an ex-player or someone like who's been in the system for long can work? Like imagine having Dhoni as, you know, the coach for just the T20 or like the limited over setup. Do you think something like that would work? See, we can we can have that. But, you know, any specialist coach, for example, even a Paul Collingwood uh, would do the work for India. I'm just throwing names, you know, as of now. Yeah, as yeah. you mentioned, MSD, yeah, maybe in an ODI World Cup, he can help uh, India. And considering we have it uh, at home the next year, I mean, mm-hmm. why not? Why can't we start preparing for it just after this? Because after, once the T20 World Cup has got over, we barely have any T20 as to play this year because all the mm-hmm. focus will be on the main ODI World Cup. Yeah. So, to bring in all those changes, DCCI has to work towards it and how far do they go is for us to see in the coming months. Exactly. We'll just have to see if you know they actually acknowledge the problem head on and just try to bring in uh, the right changes for all of us to see so that we can also see better results in uh, ICC events, right? Every time we can't be like, you know, we choke in the finals or, you know, we just can't cross the final hurdle because of something that's going wrong. So, you know, fingers crossed to see some uh, changes going ahead, right? Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, taking the discussion forward to the finals. Now, the finals were remarkable, right? We saw England uh, lift the trophy, like, very deservingly. Uh, So, how amazing were the finals? And uh, were you disappointed for Pakistan? I mean, they came so far, but they just couldn't clinch the trophy. They surely came from far, but I'll tell you a story about their fans. I Mm -hmm. mean, they took flights from Pakistan, from Dubai, from Qatar for that matter to turn up for this particular match while you're speaking to the fans outside they told us that you know how they booked the tickets and how they managed to get there in time and uh, one day prior you know because as Indians were expecting them to be in the finals they had Mm -hmm. already you know booked their tickets but since they weren't in the final I saw them sell their tickets or you know give away their tickets to the Pakistani fans Mm -hmm. which again was beautiful in my opinion and then um Obviously, I mean, the they clearly outnumbered the English fans. I mean, you could see a you know wave of green at the MCG Stadium completely. Mm-hmm. There were there was just Bami Army and a little fans of uh, England scattered all over. But you could see that green wave of Pakistani fans, you know, at the big G completely. Mm-hmm. And then, however, towards the end, it didn't turn out well for the team. And uh, you know, Shaheen getting injured was even more worse for them. That yeah. is something even Babar mentioned in his press conference. Ha- had he been, uh, you know, bowling the entire quota of the overs, I think it probably could have been a different result. Absolutely. And uh, when you look at England, right, now things have been working really well for them in the limited overs format. They uh, clinched the 2019 uh, World Cup. And, you know, after that also, in a couple of bilateral series, through things have been going their way. They've had a change in captaincy. They've had a new coach in Matthew Mott, who <laughs> is a success story, right? He also helped uh, the Aussie women team pick up uh, the World Cup earlier this year. But what do you think is working well for England, right? Like, do you think that loss against Ireland was kind of like a wake-up call? And that white ball revolution has been something, right? See, that uh, obviously it's been quite a revolution. But the first thing what they did was to admit that they have a problem. Hmm. I think very less teams can, you know, come out and admit in the open that yes, they do have a problem. But I think England did that back in 2016. And since then... 
it's just been history i mean holding an odi world cup and a t20 world cup at the same time mm. not i mean not even a dominant side like australia have managed to do that mm. their men's team haven't managed to do that so it is uh, obviously i mean a great thing it's a great step towards revolution and uh, i mean imagine playing 11 batters and seven bowlers they have obviously re- yeah. revolutionized and they are doing something good which other teams aren't and when it comes to the final uh, the spell of sam karan i think uh, that in itself was a match winning uh, spell mm-hmm. and the way adil rashid uh, you know he turned up in the knockouts was great to see i mean i remember he came for the press conference and all the journalists were asking him that you know you haven't stood up for the team yet mm-hmm. and uh, you know be it the semis or uh, be it uh, in the finals i think he totally changed the game over the ball for england and their players have just tuned in at the right time for for that matter even ben stokes i mean i saw him crying from the stands in 2016 mm-hmm. in at the eden gardens after losing to west indies and then in 2022 you know scoring those winning runs for england i mean that's the beautiful thing about time you know it just changes yeah and i think they were completely deserved winners there is i mean there is there can't just be a debate for that they were the deserving ones and they won it exactly like as you rightly pointed out time is uh, the biggest teacher right like we saw how the lows of 2016 didn't really affect uh, ben stokes right now and uh, he's a champion right battling all the odds and just coming through peaking at the right time for his team whenever they need him just a remarkable player right yeah across all three formats that's even more i mean that's the beauty all three formats he's played some classical knocks that the england fans of probably the world will remember exactly consistency is the key and the man is really you know uh, shown us that and right. uh, yeah we've spoken so much so do you ha- what are your top 5 uh, moments from this world cup so the first one i think has to be from the second match uh, where virat kohli bought the entire melbourne to his feet uh, the entire mcg were absolutely uh, going insane i mean i saw them celebrate at the railway stations there were drums <laughs> and you know there were chants all all way through till 2 am in the night i mean i don't think in the history of australia they've uh, managed to you know get a sec- get a train after 1 1 am because everything shuts over there mm-hmm. and 1 am is the last train but on that day the trains were running till 2 am just because you know the fans took that much time to get back you know to their homes yeah. so that has to be one match uh, where i mean that was quite memorable for me the second one would be uh, ireland winning uh, over england in a rain curtain game as i told you that you know it was beautiful to see the fans and the players celebrate together mm-hmm. and even uh, the players with their families so that has to be one and uh, zimbabwe winning by one run against pakistan <laughs> i think yeah. it kept me on the edge all through uh then sam karan's fifer in the tournament and mm-hmm. also his performance in the final completely stood out for me mm-hmm. and then the ben stokes redemption rumbles i mean i think that was the perfect way to end the world cup it just had to be that way so his uh, redemption was uh, one of the memorable moments of this world cup absolutely these moments will always you know stand out and uh... you know just be edged in our uh, minds forever and uh, considering we've had such a remarkable world cup what are your expectations for the next t20 world cup do you think you know the inclusion of more nations will help like you know we see in the football world cup right there are so many teams but 
you know cricket just has like 12 your max to max 14 uh, countries that play like in a marquee event like this so what are your expectations for the next world cup so you know that's why football um, fans just mock cricket fans saying that you know you all don't even play a world cup you all just <laughs> play super 12 i mean that's not even what a world cup is mm. you name any country uh, you know any major country and they are playing the football world cup mm. that's how it is for them over the years but you know there is no doubt that there is no shortage of talent as to what we've seen be it the icc qualifiers or even you know the bilateral series there is no shortage of talent i think many of those teams deserve a platform and what bigger than icc tournaments i mean even for that matter and the qualifiers namibia's rise in international cricket has been phenomenal uh, like one has to credit uh, you know their rise and has to be given to their head coach as well and the assistant uh, coach that is ib mokil i think uh, we will see the better of them in the future and icc should soon take calls on including more teams mm-hmm. i think that has to happen in the near future exactly and probably that's the only way cricket can be truly global and more inclusive for all uh, the nations and it's going to be fun right having so many nations play you might see a lot more upsets <laughs> and it it just be right. fun yeah right and they would get a chance to you know perform with those bigger teams i mean even in the far distant teams they probably haven't thought of playing say australia or england or india but imagine having a even for that matter a bilateral series with these teams hmm. would help them to step up their game so i think that should happen in the distant future exactly and we as fans will definitely be uh, waiting for that to happen and uh, you know before we conclude uh, the discussion who features in your team of the tournament and why um as openers i would choose england's uh, alex hales and josh butler they mm-hmm. just have to be there and then uh, virat kohli at number 3 that spot is completely taken by him uh, <laughs> i think surikumar adav at number 4 uh, i think uh, new zealand's glen phillips uh, will work at 5 uh, zimbabwe sikandar raja at 6 uh, shadab khan as an all-rounder at 7 Mm-hmm. Sam Curran has an all-rounder at eight, and Joshua Little. I think I was very impressed by his performance in the World yeah. Cup. He took hat trick, and I mean that was a great thing to witness. I mm-hmm. think Mark Wood at ten, uh, and then it has to be Shine Shafridi as the eleventh player. Yeah, yeah. I mean this is a perfect team, and do you think you know it's time for ICC to get back these world playing eleven versus other country uh, matches? It's so fun, right, to see like such a strong team square off against other uh, nations. That would be an exciting one to see. That's for sure. I'm just hoping uh, they they. I mean, you know, they allow such kind of a thing to happen. But considering the packed schedules, mm-hmm. like uh, even uh, Glenn Maxwell just pointed out. Uh, I mean, although he's injured now, but just a week ago he mentioned yeah. that you know. we cannot even uh, i mean we cannot think over our losses for a longer period of time because they just lost and now they are playing uh, a series so you know the world moves pretty faster for them i mean mm-hmm. time waits for no one and some things like that are happening with them surely but yeah if time does last and there's a way that they can put this 11 versus the other there yeah. is nothing like it <laughs> exactly and uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts and a message for our listeners it's just that i mean uh, this australian world cup uh, was something uh, i i think it was my first icc event that i covered wow and uh, just to just to see a lot of 
fans turn up and you know me as a fan who's watched uh, the matches uh, from the stands when i was a kid to now being in the press box and watching the matches is quite surreal i would say mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it, this world cup has been uh, and will always be a very special thing for me and it will always have this special place in my heart so yeah <laughs> Thank you so much Prajita you know for uh, joining me on this uh, discussion and uh, some of your insights were remarkable and you know for listening first hand from a person who's like covered the world cup in the stadiums was just amazing uh, here's you know also looking forward to having a lot more conversations with you have you back on the podcast and uh, until next time stay safe and take care you too neha thank you so much for inviting me it was a pleasure talking to you <laughs> cheers this we draw curtains on our discussion thank you so much listeners for tuning into this episode and for your unstinted support please follow and press the bell icon on spotify and subscribe to the podcast on google podcasts for the latest episode updates and stay tuned do check out at the rate never in the back foot on instagram and at the rate never in the back one on twitter for the latest facts terminology retweets fresh tweets and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you the podcast is also available on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify anchor overcast and a lot of other platforms so please do spread the word until next time stay safe and take care listeners bye for now